Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, where we are set to tick up another movie this Wednesday evening. We are going to talk about The Incredibles, as we promised last week. And as it is Wednesday, I have Father Mike Ritter with me. So, Father Mike, great to have you with me another evening. Thank you very much, Joe. So it's interesting, Father Mike, I think I noted this a couple days ago when I was on air, that I was uh, sitting down watching the Olympics, and there was this promo for Incredibles 2. And as it turns out, this promo is going to be drawn out tonight. Mm. Right? So here we are talking about the Incredibles on Ash Wednesday. And I was wondering about that as well. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> What's the connection? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. anyhow, um, so the Olympics is talking about the Incredibles. So here we are. And they're talking about it because as we noted last week, Incredibles 2 is coming out in June. And so this is kind of a, a primer, if you will. Yeah, and I know how excited you were about that, too. I could see it in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, Father Mike, I don't know about you. You had a chance, I think, to watch it for the first time right today, huh? Yeah, you know, I'd never seen this movie. And I, to be honest with you, I was a little bit reluctant because I had some stuff going on. And I thought, oh, here, we can watch this cartoon. <laughs> but it was actually, it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. a, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's very engaging. And uh, there there is a lot of uh, rich content there. There's some some deep themes, I think, that really, uh, there's a lot of fodder here for us mm -hmm. to kind of work Absolutely. Through. A lot of Von Balthasar moments, I think, if you will, as mm -hmm. we've talked about him. So just to jump right into a soundbite summary here, Father Mike, what's going on in The Incredibles? What is this movie all about? Well, you have these lead characters in Bob and uh, his wife, Helen, who, as many of us know, <laughs> were among the world's greatest crime fighters. And these like, are not your typical superhero names, yeah. you know, Bob and <laughs> Helen. Yeah, which... <laughs> Really, I think, draws out a key point as we'll uh, speak to it uh, later, just the super ordinary and the ordinary. So here they are, you know, saving lives and battling evil on a daily basis as Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl. I love that one, Elastigirl, yeah. right? And so after a fallout with the government agencies that saw their crime fighting as hazardous to society, they have been forced to adopt these uh, what we would call civilian identities and really retreat to the suburbs where they live these quote-unquote, normal lives with these, these three kids, if there is such a normal. Yeah. I think that's kind of one of the themes that runs through this movie. So as the movie fast-forwards 15 years, if my memory serves me correct, the Incredibles are itching to get back into action. There's this kind of uh, tension, mm. if you will. And finally, Bob... Yeah, <laughs> I know, Mr. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, Mr. His name is Bob. <laughs> he gets his chance when a mysterious communication summons him to this a remote island for this top secret assignment. And so, as it turns out, his new employer is none other than his former fan club president, Buddy. Because, you know, when he was a superhero, they had a fan club, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Buddy, who was in charge of his fan club, uh, is now operating under the name Syndrome. Hmm. Syndrome. And, and Syndrome, I think, is going to be another piece of conversation for us this evening, Father Mike. Yeah. So, as a boy... Buddy had begged Mr. Incredible to let him serve as his sidekick, an offer which Mr. Incredible had adamantly turned down out of concern for the boy's safety, right? Mm -hmm. But did the boy understand this? Did the boy see this? Of course not, right? He yeah. was his sidekick. 
Uh, growing up, Buddy wanted nothing more than the approval and love of his hero, Mr. Incredible. So he believed on some deep level that in order to be of value, he must be a super. Hmm. Now, of course, when he didn't receive that approval, when he was rejected, he interpreted it as a sign of then not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Another towering theme in this movie. As you can well imagine, there's a lot of themes that kind of jump out. We'll oh, only yeah. be able to get to a few, but the, the not good enough certainly is an interesting theme. So for Buddy, then, the correlation between his identity, who he is, and his ability is direct. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, the insecurity that, that you hear in this character really provided him with ample fuel and purpose to getting Mr. Incredible back. You know, he, he will do whatever it takes, if he will, to prove himself, to, to prove that he is not only worthy of Mr. Incredible's a- approval, but that he is, in fact, in the end, superior to him, yeah. right? Which really, I think, carries the, carries the narrative. So what does Buddy do? Buddy recreates himself, kind of usurping this, this creator, Huh? inventing gadgets and weapons as substitutes for superpowers. There's one point in the movie, Father Mike, where he says uh, in a great exclamation, you just can't rely on anyone. Mm, you yeah. just can't rely on anyone. In the end, Syndrome schemes to portray himself as the savior of the world, only to have it turn on itself, leaving the Incredibles in typical superhero fashion right, to save the day. Yeah, it really does touch on this deep theme of uh, insecurity, as you mentioned. I mean, Syndrome goes so far as to create this elaborate hoax crisis so that he can be seen to be the savior. And, and it does uh, touch, I think, on, on something for all of us, our grasping for power mm. and how our sense of self-worth is so often measured in terms of uh, where we stand in the pecking order, who has the nicer house, who has the greater influence, who's, I'm better than you, I'm faster than you, that means somehow I've, I'm, I'm okay. I have more likes than you. Yeah, right. take it to the social media uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, but we do. This is, I think, a very toxic uh, thing for us, and it's it touches us all to a degree that we're, we're grasping at self worth, but rather than looking inward at the, uh, this conversation about dignity, we've had so many times mm-hmm. uh, finding meaning in terms of our relationship with God. We, we're looking for self worth in terms of comparison, mm-hmm. and that's always going to be distorting of our sense of self the way it is for Buddy. The moment you compare your situation to another person is the moment that your situation will never be seen for what it is because it's your moment. It's your situation. It's not the person next door or the person sitting uh, to your right in your classroom. It's your situation. Yeah. And, and so really what we're talking about here is just taking ownership of, of who we are. This is the theme we keep coming back to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to the point of the show that these are the human questions that keep needing to be processed. But I mean, my need to be better than you to be okay with who I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, So much conflict uh, comes from this internal conflict with myself. Yeah. Father Mike, there is an exchange, uh, maybe more towards the beginning of the movie, where uh, Dash is going from the fourth grade to the fifth grade, and he brings home this certificate. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Elastigirl brings this over to uh, Helen brings this over to Bob and says, you know, he signed this certificate. He says, what is this? He says, well, it's a certificate, you know, that, you know, he's moving on to the fifth grade. Take a look. Aren't you so proud? And Bob, Mr. Incredible, looks at this and he says, we're celebrating yeah. mediocrity. Yeah. So the question that begs to be asked is, what's the problem with celebrating mediocrity? Well, if we are celebrating every 
uh, yearly graduation as this great, big, uh, special event, then what makes eighth grade graduation so special? What makes uh, your uh, high school graduation so special? What makes your college graduation so special? What makes special special? If everything is special, then I think we've lost our sense of special. We have to have a mind's eye, if you will, Father Mike, towards appreciating that which is special. Right in the Catholic Church, what do we have? Ordinary time, and then we have special seasons. Each and every Sunday, right, is a special day. We raise Sunday above every other day because that is a special day. We recognize special for what it is. And so, Mr. Incredible is tapping into something there. Because if we lose our sense of what special is all about, we can lose our sense of greatness. Yes, we are all great, but we celebrate great things for a reason. Yeah, and you spoke to this too, bringing the, the superhero question in the von Balthasarian way. Why do these uh, superhero movies do so well? What do they speak to? And, uh, you know, I was struck by what you were sharing about just that, that deep desire we have to be spectacular, to do something magnificent. Yeah. And we see those kind of, uh, kind of uh, greatest aspirations played out in a really a dramatic way when we look at these like magnificent people with great mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what lies at the heart of every superhero movie? Mm-hmm. But you have this hybrid between the, the ordinary and the superordinary, the natural and the supernatural, this meshing between the low and the high, right? There's something that we connect with there, if you will. It's really interesting, Father Mike. We don't say Jesus is the greatest or that Jesus is one of the greatest. We say that Jesus is one great person among many great people, mm. right? And so what happens is we just kind of throw him in the midst of a Martin Luther King and Gandhi, and these are great people, yes, and they have great things to say, but he's just a great man among many other great men. Yeah. And what happens when we think that way, we reduce Christianity to something arbitrary, to something that isn't great in its fullness, Mm -hmm. if you will. And The Incredibles, I think, taps into that a little bit, this idea of um, needing to be great. Mm. Why are we so busy celebrating mediocrity? If we don't work on and fine-tune those skills that we have, we will remain mediocre, but God doesn't call us to that. I'm thinking, Father Mike, of playing basketball in high school. And I had the dream of getting a basketball scholarship. Yeah. I spent two, three, if not four hours every day working on my game. And uh, I had a coach my uh, varsity year that I, I did not like. Yeah. And anytime he corrected anything that I did, I found myself not liking him more. Right. I was realizing that I was disliking him because he was right. And on one occasion, he told me, you know, Joe, you always want to go to your right because you're naturally right-handed. So your tendency is to go to the right, but a good defender is going to play you to your left, and you don't dribble well with the left hand. It wasn't until I went home, practiced dribbling with my left hand for two, three, four hours, that I became the best basketball player that I could possibly be. I'm not going to sit here and say I was a great basketball player, but the idea of achieving greatness in a craft that uh, you have been succeeding in. We drum this down by celebrating mediocrity. And again, this is something I I think that 
as I was watching this movie, was just kind of jumping out at me. Yeah, I think so too. And again, it speaks to that that great uh, internal drive we have towards uh, growth, towards like the, the fullest realization of our of our nature, mm. uh, overcoming our weakness. You know, you see this portrayed in these characters of great strength, like that 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 deep innate sense that I too can become uh, kind of impervious to all these things that I feel like are are uh, insurmountable. Yeah, yeah. You know what was interesting as this story developed, you have uh, Mr. Incredible, you know, and he's just this massive character. I mean, he's just this incredible superhuman strength. Uh, when he's um, kind of imprisoned by Buddy, one of the, perhaps the greatest strength of all which shines forth for him is compassion. Mm-hmm. And and he's ridiculed for the weakness that comes with that. But I do think as we as we contemplate uh, superhuman powers and the perfection of our striving, I mean, the most excellent power of all is uh, the power of compassion, which uh, in the movie, certainly, but also I think in culture is often ridiculed as being weak. You know, what does Paul say? The one time Paul speaks of greatness, he uses uh, the Greek arete, which translates as moral strength or moral disposition, having this interior strength to do the right thing, the great thing, yeah. because morality is great. Yeah, choosing for the the high good, the highest good. And this right? is and putting it in the moral context is so good. And I might have mentioned this before as in our conversations on the show, but so often when people come and they want to talk about a moral life, the question is: They come to me as a priest. The question is: Father, is it bad? Why is it wrong? Why is mm-hmm. it not good? And I'm always like, man, the question is not how bad is it? The, the moral life is about striving for what's excellent and truest and deepest. Yes, yes, the we, interior life. We get at it so backwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, tell me why this is wrong. And my deal is, tell me why this is excellent. Yes, yes, and that's what it is. I mean, that's what excellence is. It's that, it's that moral strength. You know, excellent comes from that Latin word, uh, excelsus, meaning like the highest, the most mm-hmm. lofty, the most noble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that we, we get it backwards. Not one great among many, but the greatest. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really a key point for us this evening because you're talking about becoming the best, the greatest version Mm -hmm. of yourself. Another key piece in this movie, as we were summarizing there, you can sense, is syndrome. I mean, Mm -hmm. syndrome, Father Mike, is a great illustration of the human propensity for defining oneself according to one's abilities and attributes. And you and I both know this is a dead-end street. Oh, yeah. Certainly one of the great insights of the Bible uh, is that identity comes from within. No, comes from without, Mm. right? From God. Uh, It is bestowed upon us at His discretion, Yeah. right? One of the things that is a real entrapment, I think, for us, Father Mike, is that we look upon another gift, and we want that gift, Mm. right? We we want the one gift we don't have. And that's the thing. We can have a thousand and one gifts and a thousand and two gifts. We're going to want the thousand and third gift, right? Whatever right. gift it is that we don't have. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what we have to kind of enter into as it relates to the divine drama, uh, divine revelation is God bestows according to his own discretion. And he has an intended purpose for it, right? Mm. Another key theme for us that has really kind of found itself in many of our conversations is purpose, right? Finding our purpose, finding our meaning in life. This is what Buddy was struggling with, for sure. Yeah, you know, an an, an interesting word here for me to use is, uh, bear with me, but is chastity. 
Mm. Like to me, this really speaks of chastity in terms of what you're saying, recognizing the gift character of life rather than life as something that has to be taken. Thinking about you know, this because it's Ash Wednesday, right? Yeah, there you on, go. On Valentine's there Day. There you go, yeah, yeah. Valentine's Day <laughs> and Ash Wednesday. No, but a chastity, I mean, we often speak of that in terms of sexual stuff, but really a chastity means the recognition of what you're saying, the gift character of mm-hmm. life. I, what I have is bestowed, and therefore it has to be uh, received as such and received with reverence um, rather than grasped at or envied or, or circumvented. That, that, that to me somehow uh, leaps out, particularly this... this uh, you speak of, um, you have such a great phrase for me that's just so beautiful, the tyranny of memory. Mm, mm. And, uh, you know, one looks back, uh, uh, Buddy looks back and his being rejected and maybe some of the hurts of his past and wants to take what he feels was denied and never given. Yeah. That's yeah. unchaste. Yes. Um, you know, even the, for Mr. Incredible, you know, he... At the very beginning, he's in his office with all these news clippings of the glory days, yeah, yeah. and and this <laughs> yeah, man is, yeah. is living in the past and still trying to hold on to what is no longer being given. Mm-hmm. But that, that that this is very much a story about wrestling with chastity. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but can I recognize uh, in the glory days and in the ordinary days the gift character of life mm. and mm. Uh, and embrace that with reverence and not cling and not grasp? To me, um, you know, you. This movie kind of oscillates between the ordinary and the super ordinary. And our lives, they certainly have those seasons. And we can kind of atrophy if, we, uh, if we're unchaste, yeah. which is to say that we don't recognize uh, in our strength and in our weakness and in our losses something of this gift character of our life. And there's this kind of interior battle to this tyranny of memories. I mean, when you really probe into memory itself, Father Mike, what we discover is that our memory is filtered through our senses. This is why the moment we smell, say, a piece of bacon, we are brought back to a very specific point in time, mm. 12 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, in my book, I share the story that I found myself going back home. I, hasn't, I hadn't visited home in a very long time, and I went to where I used to run track, I wasn't living in the glory days or in this yeah. tyranny of memories, right? I just wanted to just appreciate how God had journeyed with me, right? And I, I still recall to this day, like it was yesterday, that when I went to this field, this stadium where I used to run track, just the sight of the bleachers, the smell of the grass, it had me getting nervous. I felt like I was going to hear a gun go off because my race was about to start. You know, yeah. there was something that was going on as it relates to sense and memory. St. Augustine talks about this in great detail in Book 10 of his Confessions. Mm. He really gets into the relationship between sense and memory because each and every day, oh, our senses are encountering something we have already experienced. So we are brought back to a particular place in time. So there's this ongoing struggle we have to not stay in the past, mm. but be in the present. Appreciate what God has done in the past, for sure. But as you appreciate what God has done in the past, do as you say. You know, ask the question, what was the gift character in the past? Yeah. And once you appreciate that, the gift character, then you'll appreciate how God is, is desiring to bestow His blessedness upon you in this very moment. Yeah. So very important. Yeah, you know, and what's important to me, too, in this movie is that, you know, it sets it up in this context. Here's a guy kind of uh, 
moping in his uh, in his office, his study, looking at all the pictures of the glory days of his past. And the wife even criticizes him. You're just trying to relive your glory days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole the whole thrust of the movie is well, one has to keep moving forward. I mean, the most glorious days of all are the ones to come. And the movie kind of ends that way, that now not only is he doing this on his own as Mr. Incredible, but it's the whole family, and they're, they begin a new chapter of greatness, if you will. And, and it really, to me, captures some of the forward motion of the gospel and St. Paul's anticipation of what lies ahead, and, even, and that calls for some kind of uh, asceticism in terms of our past. We have to... The, the thrust of the New Testament is certainly a looking forward to what lies ahead. Yeah. I mean, how does the New Testament close, but the Spirit and the Bride say, come, there is a sense of always more. God is the always more, mm-hmm. right? E- even when the apostles go to Jesus after he had withdrawn, you know, they're talking about you, you know, they want you to come back, and, and what is it? I must move forward. Yeah. There's this deep sense, this deep conviction in the person of Jesus Christ that is always moving forward. There's always more to be done. Hmm. There's something else you brought up, Father Mike, and, and the line certainly struck me, and, and it was a point of reflection for me. There towards the end, for everything that we have talked about, Mr. Incredible Bob, right, looks yeah. into Elastigirl, Helen's eyes, and says, you are my adventure. Yeah. You are my adventure. Yeah, that, that to me had touched me because you have these... Uh two realities really that are kind of juxtaposed you have mr incredible you know who's doing all these heroic deals saving people and then you see him just so bummed out when he's now forbidden to practice for lack of a better way of putting it (laughs) he's working as an insurance agent or something like that and he's just so put out he's so disconnected and uh you know what struck me is uh, there is the heroism of all of the uh you know extreme experience radical acts of of service but there's also the heroism of the very ordinary, uh, the, the heroism of being a father, providing for the family. The, sometimes we, we get uh, years into our commitments, and the, the honeymoon is over, and uh, it, sometimes we lose some of that initial fervor, and it's hard to recover uh, the heroic of the everyday and the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, uh, poor Bob is like pining for to put the cape <laughs> on and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, you know, and it's kind of brought to a conclusion in the end when he realizes, looking at his wife and their ordinary life, is you, you are the adventure. And the truth is about human life, uh, the daily thing is heroic. It's most of our lives. And the, the adventure is not going to be found outside somewhere. An interesting line that, that comes up a couple of times with this very kind of uh, exotic uh, co- or uniform, superhero uniform-making lady. Uh, you know, he, he wants a cape on his uniform, and she goes into this elaborate detail about all the superheroes who have died because they wore capes, you know, get sucked <laughs> yeah. into engine turbines <laughs> yeah, and all that. Yeah. But she says, you know, in that context, real superheroes, they don't wear capes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great kind of metaphor Mm-hmm. That the, the really heroic in our life it doesn't look like jumping off a building or having huge muscles. It does look like doing what I need to do uh, to uh, move my son from fourth to fifth grade, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought to me that was very touching and insightful. Yeah, and there was a certain emphasis on that as well. I do think there was something intentional about that, that we have this idea of what a superhero is, but in reality, this isn't what makes a superhero. Yeah. You know, and then to come back on a theme we've touched on before, this has just struck me towards the end. They have to do battle with this huge robot, and this robot is hard to kill. And, and uh, Mr. Incredible, he remembers fighting a previous model, 
and he remembers that uh, it was punctured by its own claws. And he mm. says that this thing, it can only be killed by itself. Yeah. Uh, so, so that struck me that um, in our striving for, if our focus is on what's truly excellent, uh, that, which is, uh, that which is evil, I mean, it kind of conquers itself. That's right. So with all of these things, with the ordinary, with the superordinary, with the striving for greatness, um, perhaps the great advice, what we might write on our bathroom mirror, the, the mother says to the children, uh, use your power. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that that, uh, whatever our situation might be or whatever the difficulty might be, um, to, with confidence, reach out and, and use the power that we've been given and to use it for what's truly great. I think that's the heart of heroism. Yeah, and we ought to be reminded, putting this in the Christian context, that what does Jesus say? I will give you the power. Yeah. A key theme for me over these past few weeks, reading up on JP2, is that uh, John Paul II says, you know, what is the point of the, the incarnation, the paschal mystery, the resurrection, the ascension? What's the point of all of it? But in the end, to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm to give us the power that we need to become the person we are called to be. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and if we wish to be saved, we need to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. If we want to be that Savior for others, we do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's true greatness. Yeah, so that gift has been given, so I would say use that power. Amen. So, Father Mike, we are out of time. Looking forward, Mm -hmm. (laughs) speaking of looking forward, Looking forward to next week. Last week, I caught uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm. And I don't know if this is a movie you have seen or not. Maybe we can sit down and watch it together. Well, that never works out for us, but yes, let's do it. No, it doesn't. Unless we're going to the movie theaters, right? So The Curious Case of Benjamin Button has, oh my goodness, so many things to talk about. This man who was born old, Mm. and as he ages, he's actually getting younger. So... Um, it really turns our concept of time upside down, and a great, a great point of discussion. All right, yeah. Father Mike, can you close us with a word of prayer? God of power and of might, you call us to greatness, and you always accompany us in the different chapters of our lives. We ask for the graces we need as we strive to follow you, who are the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.